Welcome to the official broadcast of Life Fellowship Ministries in Kima, Texas. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. Be sure to visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. You know, the really, our mission, the, the purpose of us coming together and gathering together really is to reinforce this personal, intimate relationship with Jesus. And uh, that's what it's all about, is that we, we come to this place with Him of authenticity and, uh, and, and that we would allow Him to work in our hearts and lives. And then the, the vision that we would become disciples who would go out and impact the world with the love of Jesus Christ. That's God's heart for us that we come into this relationship with him and then that we make a difference in the world around us. And, um, you know, our, our purpose here, and, and I hope you'll, if you haven't been to the, the membership class or I'm not sure what we're calling it now, uh, if you haven't been to that, I, I would encourage you to, to come at 5 o'clock today. Even if you have been here, you know, maybe you want to come again and, and just have that reinforced to understand the vision, the heart of what it is that God has called us to do and how we can go out and live this thing out and how we can do that. Because there's a, there's a whole world that, that is in need of the love of Christ and they're in need of people like you and me that can reach out to them and, and share the hope and the love of Christ and, and impact their lives. There are people sitting in churches today that are extremely wounded and hurting. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes a church is a place where people go and hide. They, they can walk in and, and nobody will say anything to them maybe, or they can go and sit in their little corner. But, you know, God has called us to, to be in relationship with him first and foremost, but also one another because God has gifted each and every one of us. God has imparted his Holy Spirit into each and every one of us. Every single one of us have relationships that, that are different than anybody else in, in their lives. And so we have a great opportunity to do that, to be a light in this dark world. And to be trained and equipped and released is part of what we do here. So that we get filled up, so that we get this thing, but also so that we can go out and share that hope and, and uh, truth and love with other people. And so I ask you, are you inviting people to Life Fellowship? We, we need to be, this is a great opportunity that we have every Sunday morning and every Wednesday night for the equip classes that we invite people. I know people are on vacation and school's getting ready to start and things like that, but... And these are times where we can get refreshed and refilled and, and uh, encouraged and built up then to, to go out through the rest of the week. So as you uh, get ready for this next season, school season, and, and the fall and everything, I encourage all of us to reach out to those around us that maybe don't have a church home or maybe don't even go to church at all and begin to invite them to this wonderful place of love where, where people can in, engage and, and see what this Christian love and this Christian life is supposed to be like. Your testimony is unique. It's different from anyone else's. Some of your testimonies are really interesting. <laughs> but God works in our lives in an individual way to bring us into this relationship with him, and then he uses that to touch other lives. So today is going to be a little bit different service. We're in this series, Give, Go, Grow, 
And uh, uh, this morning, we're going to have a few people come up and share their testimony and what God has done in their life. I, I've been wanting to do this for a long time because I think there's something that happens as we share the, the reality of life that's happened in our life with other people. It's encouraging, and uh, it's things that we can relate to. But before we get there, I want to share a few scriptures with you. Paul is writing to his son in the faith. He's writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 4, verses 1-5, through five, he says, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he appears to set up his kingdom. Okay, so he's giving him instruction, but he's telling him, he's letting him know that Jesus is coming back one day to judge the world, to judge the dead. And we know that uh, those of us who have accepted Christ as, as our Savior will not be judged according to uh, our, uh, our, our good deeds or things like that, that we have a relationship with him. And so it's through that relationship that we have eternal salvation, that we have forgiveness of all of our sins. And so we don't have to be concerned about that judgment. The only, the only thing that we will be judged on is, and, and rewarded on, is a better way to put it, on our, were we obedient with the giftings and the things that God has done. But our eternal salvation is secure if we have received Christ as our Lord and Savior. And if we're walking with him and we have this relationship. But there are people that don't know him. And when they stand before Jesus they're going to say, well, I, I, didn't really have, I didn't have a relationship with you. And so this is the great opportunity that we have to reach out to those people so that they will come into this relationship with Jesus and so that they can receive forgiveness for all their sins, so that they can receive eternal salvation, so that they can live for eternity with him and with us that have received Christ. And so he's saying, I urge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus who will someday judge the living and the dead when he appears to set up his kingdom. And this is what he says. He's urging him to preach the word of God. He's saying, preach the word of God without compromise. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not, whether it's popular or not. Whether the culture acceptance is there or not. Whether it's politically correct or not. But we, he's saying, preach the, the good word. Preach the, the Bible. Preach the word of God and be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Let me read through the scripture all the way. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke. And encourage your people with good teaching. Encourage. Correct. Rebuke. Encourage. Correct. Rebuke. Why? Because we love people. And we want to see people grow in their relationship. We need to love people enough to help them. And speak the truth into their lives. Be honest with them. Because the word of God will encourage us. It will expose areas of correction in our own lives. I know that the Word of God does that to me. Does it do that for you? That it, it brings uh, uh, exposure of, of things in my heart and in my life. Maybe I have forgiveness, uh, unforgiveness towards someone. And as I'm praying or I'm reading the Scripture, I'm like, wow. You know, I see these things happening in the lives of these people. And I can put myself in their place. I can say, wait, uh, you know, God, I need your help in this situation. God, I need you to help me walk in faith, or I need you to help me forgive that person. I, I need you to help me to fill in the blank. 
And so the word of God brings encouragement to us and strength and also correction. Because sometimes we need it. Sometimes we need correction. And that's what a good father does. He, he brings correction. And so our Heavenly Father wants to bring redirection to our lives sometimes when we're out of balance and we can't figure out what's going on. And then we go to him and he's like, well, this is what's going on in your life. This is what's happening. These are the results of the consequences uh, of, of the, the actions. And so God's love is to bring us into this intimate, personal relationship with him where he begins to download into our hearts and lives and help us because that's his desire. His desire is not to spank us and, and beat us, but he loves us enough to bring correction. And, and so God's word does that. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and, and wholesome teaching. Do you know that's happening now? That there are, there are churches and pastors that are teaching all kinds of things that are contrary that are opposite of what the Bible teaches. You'll hear things like, well, I know the Bible says this, but it, it, it says that it's clearly wrong. But you know what? It's okay for the time that we live in. The, the Bible is not relevant for us any longer. And, you know, that was for them back then. People uh, are, are doing all kinds of things that, that the Bible says are wrong. Not that God wants to put us in a box, but he knows what's good for us. When we have pedophiles being protected by the church, something is wrong with that. When we, when we have uh, pastors and churches saying sex outside of marriage is okay, there's something wrong with that. When we have churches and pastors saying homosexuality is, is okay, there's something wrong with that. If the Bible says it's wrong, it's wrong. But, you know, God doesn't call us to beat people up. He calls us to love people. But also... Love them enough to tell them the truth. So if we see somebody that says they're a Christian and their lives are not reflective of what they say they believe, there's something wrong here. And so we're not to go and beat them up, but we can, we can build relationships with them where we can go to them and say, hey, listen, um, you know, there's a better way. There's a better way to handle this. And I've shared the story with you numerous times of, I was in the workplace, and this guy came up to me, Mark Robertson, and he said, uh, Mark, you say you're a Christian, but the words that come out of your mouth don't reflect it. Man, it, it drove a stake in my heart. But he was right. And that was a turning point for me when I said, you know what? You're right. I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't want to hear that. But I needed to hear that. And it was a turning point in my life where I said, Mark, you're right. I believe that man was led by the Holy Spirit to tell me that, that hard thing that I needed to hear. And, and so I began to reevaluate and look at my relationship with the Lord. And, and that was a turning point for me where I said, you know what, I, I need to be serious about this relationship. I need to quit playing games. I need to quit partying. I need to quit a lot of these things. Not that I need to earn my way back or fight my way back into this relationship. But I realized that I needed a change in my heart. And the change of heart happens as we yield our hearts and lives to him. And so the word says that we're to love the sinner but hate the sin. What did Jesus do when they brought the woman who was caught in the act 
of adultery, which was an offense that was punishable by death. And so they bring this woman to Jesus, and he begins to write in the dirt. I don't know what he was writing, but it impacted the, the guys that had the stones that were ready to stone her. First of all, where was the guy? She was caught in the act, so that means there was someone else involved. Where was the man? And so Jesus begins to write in the dirt, and I don't know what he's writing. Maybe a guy named uh, Jerry is there, and he writes, Jerry, weren't you with her last week? Didn't you do the same thing last month, Charles? Didn't you do the same? And I don't know what he was writing, but they begin to drop their stones and walk away. And he said, where are your accusers? Where are they? They were gone. And he said, I don't accuse you. But go and sin no more. He's telling her to stop doing what she's doing. Because by every right, they could have stoned her and killed her. But he said, go and sin no more. Because he loved her enough to say, stop what you're doing. I think what he may have said or what, what may have been implied, you almost got yourself killed today. Does this get your attention? But you can have eternal life through me. Stop this mess, this silliness, and go and sin no more. So we are called to love the sinner. And it's only through the transformation of our hearts that we can really love others like Jesus loves us and loves them. But we are not to compromise our life. And, and I think that sometimes we want to play with God. And we want to keep our pet sin, or we want to keep these things in our hearts or our lives. We want to keep this woundedness inside where Jesus is trying to reach in and bring health and healing and wholeness to our lives. And we want to, we want to close that off. We want our own little closet where we can keep our own little pet sins or whatever those things are, rather than to yield and open up and say, God, I give you access to my life because I make you my Lord and my Savior. I make you my Savior, but also I make you Lord of my life. I yield my heart and my life to you. I'm really serious about this relationship. And the truth is we can all be forgiven and receive new life through Christ. But it's through Christ. It's not through our own efforts. And we talked about this so many times that God's love is not performance-based, it's grace-based. So we can't perform well enough to earn his love and grace. We just simply receive it. But we can all be forgiven. I don't care what you've done. It doesn't matter. You can be forgiven and you can walk in the newness of life and the freshness of life that comes with this restoration when we give our hearts and lives to him. Jesus came to save us and to help us. And the word says that we're to love people, but we're to hate sin. In other words, we're not to play around with those things. We're to walk away from those things. Let, let me finish reading here in 2 Timothy 4, 3. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. And so again, that's happening now. Where people are going to churches or they're hearing messages and they're being told whatever they want to hear. And we know better than that. We know that Jesus came to give us the truth and to set us free. And when we're being taught things that are keeping us in bondage, when we're being told that, I know the Bible says it's wrong, but it's okay. Because we know more than Jesus because we're smarter than God. 
There's something wrong there. And so what do you want to hear? Do you want to hear the truth? Do you want to receive the truth? That's what you're going to get here. <laughs> and you know what? Uh, it's not just for you. It's for me too. Because this is a walk of faith where God is taking our lives and he's shaping us and he's molding us to look more like Christ. That we're filled with the love of God. That we're not driven by our emotions and by our woundedness and our insecurities and, and those kinds of things that we all deal with on some level. But we're a work in progress. And God is not rejecting us because we don't have a perfect life or we never mess up. He's saying, let me walk with you through this life. And let me encourage you in this life. Let me challenge you in this relationship that you will just let go, that you'll give this thing up and, and just trust me, really make me the Lord of your life, not just Savior. The Bible should be our standard, not Hollywood or the culture around us, but the Word of God that we take and, and we read the Word of God. And so that's why when you come here, on Sunday morning, that's why we're intent on pouring into our children the Word of God, that we know the Word of God, that we're trained and equipped. I was told this morning that uh, some of the, the children that are, are going into the youth group, moving up, that they, uh, uh, they were taught really well in children's ministry because they, they were learning how to find scriptures and, and, and books and verses in the Bible. And now that they're going to that next level, they, they get it. They understand it. See, that's what we're doing here. That's what we should all be doing is training and equipping others. We should be learning and getting this thing. It's not about just about knowledge, but it's about this transformation of our hearts and our lives that we can grow and that we can train and equip others. Verse 4 says in 2 Timothy 4, 4, they will reject the truth and chase after myths. This Greek word for myth is muthos. It means a false account yet posing to be the truth, a myth. That they will reject the truth and chase after myths. Uh, uh, this word also means a fabrication that replaces the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except by me. And so we, don't, we need to know the word of God so that we're not buying a, a, a myth, a false account, yet posing to be the truth. Because there are some things that sound right, but when we look at the Bible, they are not right. So we use the Bible as our standard. Uh, some Christians are suffering from biblical illiteracy and complacency. I, I find it interesting that there are some Christians that, that really don't want to grow in their relationship with Christ. Now, they may go to church. They may do their religious thing, but are they really growing? Are they open to the Holy Spirit working in their hearts and lives? And we have pastors and, and churches that are teaching things that are, are sending people to hell. <laughs> They're saying it's okay. It's not okay. And this isn't a, a fire and brimstone church where we beat people up, but come on, man, there needs to be some truth. There needs to be the love of God flowing through our lives that are willing to say, man, I love you enough to say, you need to stop doing that. 
Or I want to help you in your marriage. I want to help you in your relationship. I want to help you grow. And so the things that we're doing here are, are to promote spiritual health and, and healing and wholeness in our lives that we would grow in this relationship with Jesus and also grow in this relationship with one another. Verse 5, he continues here, but you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Be stable in our understanding and our commitment to biblical truths. Don't be like a, a wave, uh, a ship that's tossed about by every wave and, and new teaching and new doctrine. Th this is the word of God that God has given to us to help us. And th the message does not change. It should not change. The method changes. We have the internet. We have Facebook. We have social media. We have all those things that they didn't have 2,000 years ago. 20 years ago, probably, they didn't have. You know, but the, the method can change, but the message needs to be uncompromising. It needs to be solid. And so we need to know the Word of God so that when those myths come, we can, we can sniff those things out. Verse 5 continues, Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Now, that's a real popular message in the church today, right? Suffering? <laughs> oh, I want to suffer. Nobody wants to suffer. But sometimes God needs to do some stuff in our hearts and lives that are going to challenge us, that are going to stretch us. We sing that song, New Wine. It talks about let there be new wine. Well, you can't put new wine in an old wine skin because it will burst. It cannot handle it. And so God is stretching us. God is preparing us for more, for new wine. Because that old wine doesn't work anymore. And he wants to pour his Holy Spirit through us to touch and change lives. And he's looking for people that can handle it. He's looking for people that are yielded to him and allowing him to work in their hearts and lives. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given to you. God has given each and every one of us a ministry. So he says to work at telling others the good news. In other words, don't be complacent. Don't, don't say, well, let, we'll just let somebody else do it. No, he's calling us to do something. He's calling us to open our mouths and pray with people. He's calling us to, to lay hands on the sick. He's calling us to go to the widows and orphans and help them. He's calling us to speak life into situations. When we pray for people and when we have relationships with people, that we will speak life into those situations and love people enough to be honest with them. Not driven by our emotions, but driven by our love for them and our concern for them and our care for them. And then also being able to receive as well. Allow people to speak into our lives, not compromise. What will they think if they know that I'm a Christian? What will God think if we seize the opportunities to lead them into this relationship. Remain faithful in telling others about your relationship with Christ. And more importantly, go out and live it. Live this thing out. And so this morning, I've asked several people to come up and share 
their, uh, their testimony, their story of what God has done. And, uh, you know, the Lord can uh, speak through our lives and the things that, that uh, we've experienced in helping other people go through their challenges. And real-life stories help us to navigate the challenges of life. And I know that some of these people that are going to be coming up here are a little uncomfortable. And, uh, yeah, right there's good. They're probably a little uncomfortable in sharing their story. And, but I've said, listen, here's an opportunity for you to share what God has done in your heart and in your life. It, you know, it's, it's, it shouldn't always be all about us and our comfort zone. But what can God say through us? Because if we're uncomfortable sharing what God is doing in our life in front of our family, how comfortable are we going to be sharing our, our uh, testimony with, with people out in the world? And this is a safe place. But the, the goal is that you're encouraged and that you're strengthened and that, that you can relate to some of the things that are being said here this morning. And that you will be encouraged by what's said. And then that you'll be encouraged to go out and share your story. Because that's one of the most powerful things that we can do is to go out and share our story. So I've got uh, several people coming up. Salema, you want to come on up? All right. And uh, they're just going to take a couple of minutes apiece. And I'm going to be watching the clock. So uh, I don't know if that's going to work. Yeah, bring this around. Just speak into the mic the best you can. Uh, this is Solema, and uh, how long have you been coming to church here? Um, for four years. Four years, okay. And what areas do you serve in? Um, I serve in the youth. Youth, okay. Yes. All right. And you're part of the young adult ministry yes. as well? Okay, great. And uh, what would you like to share with us today? Um, so... My testimony is that the Lord has been doing a lot of demonstration and explanation in my life. So I was listening to a sermon uh, this past week sorry, by uh, Steve Furtick, mm -hmm. and he was saying that Jesus, he always was and still is always demonstrating um, something so others can see it, and he always has to explain it so they can hear it along with what he is demonstrating. And he said, if you see it, but you don't understand it, then it will be like that seed that was planted. But before it could hit the soil, it was like automatically picked up by like a, the crow or the bird or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he said, if you don't get the lesson in your heart through the power of demonstration, then you will miss the intention of the message. And if you only see the demonstration but don't hear the explanation, then you will understand the miracle on the wrong level. And you will always live your life thinking that the physical thing is a real thing and not really understand what it is pointing to. So the reason why this hit me so hard was because um, during the last seven months, um, you know, I, I had to stop working due to, like, school reasons and stuff. And, I mean, the Lord has really covered me in, any, in every area of my life, especially, like, financially. He covered me, like, with any bills I had, which is having gas in my car. He covered me with, uh, like, my tuition in school and not having to buy textbooks. 
Um, and, you know, it's just been amazing what he was doing. So during these seven months, he's been demonstrating what he can do. And um, it's – sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, and even though he was demonstrating this to me and it was, like, right in front of my face, you know, I still continued to, like, not really put my full trust in him. Mm. And I was applying for job after job after job. And it was crazy because, like, I'll apply for a job and literally, like, the next day I'll get an email or, like, the next week I'll get an email saying, like, you know, thank you for, um, you know, being interested in the position. But at this time we decided to blah, blah, blah. So I'd be like, okay. And I got to the point where I completely forgot. Like, I would forget what jobs I would apply for. And I would just randomly get an email. And I'd be like, okay, well, all right, whatever. I forgot to apply there. Um, and so that was like the Lord demonstrated to me financially that he had me. And I remember I didn't come to the first teaching on Wednesday about faith. I think it was the second one that I came. And John taught it. And he did an awesome job, mm -hmm. by the way. Amen. Yeah. Um, and I remember just sitting there, and John was explaining, like, what it meant to have faith and what it looked like and um, what it was to have faith and stuff. And so I remember there the Lord was doing that explanation to me. He was explaining what he was demonstrating to me, which was um, to have, like, full trust and faith in him because he is like the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and the end. Sorry. Um, so, I mean, yeah. Um, you know, and after that, I just completely let go. Oh, I don't want to cry. That's okay. I cry all the time. I cry too. Yeah, yeah that's um, okay. But um, I just, like, completely let go. And, I mean, the Lord, like, the Thank Lord, you, thank you. The Lord, like, really... <clears throat> After I let go and I put my faith and trust in him, I mean, he really showed up, like, at the right time. Um, um, I got, like, a, you know, like, a good job offer at the right time and stuff. So, <laughs> okay, so, and um, the Bible verse, my, well, my favorite Bible verse is Matthew 17, 20, which is... Um, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, then, you know, you can move the mountains. And, I mean, now that I learned this, um, that Bible verse means, like, so much more to me. Like, it, it is ten times as much more powerful to me than it, than it ever was before. And um, so, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. The Lord demonstrated to me what he can do. And he had to explain that demonstration to me. So. Well, that's good. And, and Salema is one of the young adults that faithfully attends every Sunday night. And Pastor Christina is pouring into them, and they're learning, and they're growing. And I think, I think that's so awesome because whenever we're learning about faith, that this, you know, the word says it's impossible to please God without faith. And we read that scripture, but when we have to walk through it, and then we see God's faithfulness, it, it changes our life. Yeah. It's like we finally get it. We finally yeah. understand it. But we don't really necessarily get it until we have to walk that line of faith. Yeah, yeah. and that's what he showed me. He was like, okay, well, you know that you should have faith. Right. Like up here. Right. But you don't 
knowing you don't have it really yeah. like in here. So. Yeah, and what that does is that, that builds our faith. Yeah. Because then the next time we have a situation, we're like, ah, oh, I remember what God did yeah. then. Mm -hmm. And if he did it then, I know that he'll do it again. Yeah. Well, Salema, thank you. What a great testimony. Great job. Great job. Uh, next is Matthew Barkham. Hey, Matthew. Another one of our young adults. So speak into the mic. It's not going to stay up. You're just yeah, going to have to. Okay. So uh, how long have you been coming to church here? I want to say eight years. Okay. Wow. Wow. Okay. And what areas do you serve in? I serve mainly in the tech arts team. Okay. All right. And what would you like to share with the family today? Um, well, I thought about it, and tithing is what came to mind for me. Okay. Um, I've always tithed since I started working in my current job six and a half years ago, and I've never had financial trouble. This semester for school, though, I was short of money, and... I need a scholarship, and I applied for a bunch, but no responses, and so I had to find money, but then I checked my account a few weeks ago. Uh, the Lord has blessed me with a grant way more than I expected. Wow. And wow. Yeah. I know he will continue to, to guide me and to help me spend wisely to be a better steward. Yeah. Because I've seen when I'm not a good steward, yeah, I run out of money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and the word talks about uh, the, the first 10% of our increase belongs to the Lord. Many of you know that. Most of you know that. And uh, when we honor him, then he promises to uh, extend the 90% further. And he does these, these blessings. He gives us uh, blessings, not necessarily always just financial, but he blesses us, you know, more than we could ever expect. Indeed. I and think one of the biggest <clears throat> blessings is that I've never really had financial trouble. Wow. Unless I was a bad steward. Yeah, yeah. But as long as he, I've trusted in him, I have never had trouble. Wow. And as long as I continue to trust him, I don't think I ever will. Yeah. Okay. So that's a, Fantastic. I guess a t message on trust and tithing. Yeah, and I think there is a correlation there because we're not going to tithe. We're not going to release the first 10% of our increase that belongs to him until we begin to trust him. And I think that tithing is one of the first basic fundamental things that we are tested with because when we begin to step out and trust God with our money then and we see his faithfulness then we'll see him move in other areas of our lives well great anything else you want to say no not really I'll keep it short and sweet today okay well thank you Matthew great job great job thanks for sharing next Bobby Joe <clears throat> Bobby Joe Garza come on down So, Bobby Joe, uh, how long have you been coming here to Life Fellowship? You're going to have to talk into the a mic. A long time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think about seven years oh. now. Oh, wow. Okay. To me, time goes by so fast. The only thing I can say is I've been here a minute. Okay. All right. And uh, what areas do you serve in? Uh, well. <clears throat> One of my favorites, I know. We cook, <laughs> try to help out where we can, just try to be a servant. Yeah. And... The Lord placed in my heart to be a servant as yeah. part of what I do, and which was really awesome because when I first started this thing called the Christian Walk, I wasn't a servant. Yeah. <laughs> Matter of fact, I was quite the opposite. 
And I got to, the more I kept coming and the more I kept getting fed by the word, I started seeing things. And and it was crazy because of, like, there was three March hairs wrapped up in me. That's how wild and crazy I was <laughs> when I first started my walk. And I was going through some difficult times. And everybody thinks, man, just because you accept Jesus, life gets easy, you know. But that's when the enemy really comes at you, and he hurls everything and anything he can. He'll use your family. He'll use your finances. He'll use your home. He'll use whatever he can. One day I was in the Old Testament, and it was like, God, man, I just need something. And I come across a scripture that says, when you walk through the fire, I'll be there. Yeah. When you walk through the water, I'll be there. You won't be burned, and you won't drown. Didn't say it wouldn't be difficult. Yeah. Didn't say I might not get a little scorched. It didn't say <laughs> it wouldn't get wet. But he said that he would be there to help me through. So, therefore, when I read that, it was like, wow. Wow, 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 wow. So, when it gets too hot for me, it's not too hot for you is what you're telling me. So when it gets too deep for me, it's not too deep for you, right? Said, yeah. A little bit later, I was reading about the woman who had the issue of blood disease. Mm -hmm. And all she did is she just, she just said, if I could just reach over and just grab his garment. And it was like, wow. With what he said there, and then what I read there, it was like, I see it. Hmm. I see it. It didn't say there wouldn't be hills. It didn't say there wouldn't be valleys. It didn't say there wouldn't be mud holes. But he said he'd be there for you. Hmm. And, man, I just it blew my mind because I'm thinking to myself, me? I'm like Paul. I, and I read Paul's story. It was like, bruh. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I didn't kill nobody, don't get me wrong there, but I got off to a lot of crazy things. Yeah. And then when I seen what the Lord did in his life and how he, how mildly he used him, it was like, there's a chance. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to follow this Jesus thing and see where it leads. Yeah. And I've done and I've followed a lot of crazy things in my life. The best thing I have ever done in my life was say yes. And it was free. Amen. And I would say, yes, come into my heart, come into my life. You be the Lord. Let me sit back. You take the lead. Amen. Jesus, take the will. <laughs> Amen. And, you know, yeah. it, I'm not saying it's been a <clears throat> smooth ride. I'll sit up here and tell you that. I'll be lying. Yeah. But it's been a great ride. Because no matter what I've been through, how hot, how deep, or how rough it was got there, there was always a promise. I will be there. Amen. Not me, him. him. Amen. And that has got me through a lot. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for sharing that. that. That's awesome. And I've got to say, Bobby Joe is one of the most giving people I know. Uh, he serves on the Spice of Life cooking team. Whoop, whoop. Uh, he's on the prayer team. You, you know, and, and we have this acronym here, WIT. And that stands for whatever it takes. And so I think uh, one of the greatest marks of maturity uh, for a Christian is, are those that serve because they understand the heart of God 
And so I so appreciate that heart, and I appreciate uh, everything One more that you... Thing to say. Okay. If you're confused and you don't know, go to the instruction manual. <laughs> it's called the Bible, Believer's Instruction Before Leaving Earth. Yeah. Real simple. Because in there, I gained strength that I never could have found. And I'm not a reader. I'm not a reader. I hate to read. In the Bible, I've read four times from cover to cover, and I'll read it again and again and again until I can get it through this old <laughs> thick skull. So Amen. if you have problems, pick up that book. I'll pick it up and say, God, I just need you right now. Just let it flop. And let whoa, you're awesome. <laughs> so, you know, I want to, uh, this is a word of encouragement. It's young, old, and in between. Pick up that word. Read that word. We serve a living God. His word is alive. Yeah. And yes, you can make it say whatever you want to, but if you let it speak to you, it will bring you through some of the most difficult times you've ever been through. Amen. Thank you very much. Amen. Thanks, Bobby Joe. All right. Yaman, come on down. He's wearing a Taco Bell shirt. Uh, they, they say that uh, Taco Bell's number America's number one Mexican restaurant. That's a lie. <laughs> it's probably the most prolific. There are probably more Taco Bells than anything else. But anyway, okay, so you'll speak into the mic. And how long have you been here, your mom? Uh, I've been here seven months. Seven bad. months. I've been here seven years. Seven years. Two months and one day. Two months and one day. Five hours and 36 minutes. I don't know. I didn't make that point. <laughs> well, great. Well, and, and what areas do you serve in? I serve the youth, mm -hmm. um, and also in every everywhere else. I don't know. Oh, outside the green. Okay. I really well, love great. it. So. Great. I you just love to serve, don't you? Pretty much. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. So, what do you what do you have on your heart that you want to share today? You've got a couple of minutes here. Yes, I do. So, okay, it's gonna be quick. <clears throat> All right. Um. I had this, I had a test this week. Um, it was supposed to be Thursday, but I went to school on a Tuesday, and my professor, he said it was going to be Thursday, but it was actually Tuesday. He forgot it was going to be Thursday. So, I don't like pop quizzes. I don't like pop tests. I like to plan, I like to prepare, I like to study, which I studied, but when he said I had a test Tuesday, when I get in class, I'm like, uh, what was the email? Why you didn't let us know? Did y'all know? Because I didn't know. So, like, what's up? But I had a test. I get the test. I look at the test. I'm like, blown. I'm like, I don't know nothing on this test. I'm like, what did I study for? And I started looking. Like, what did I do in my free time? I'm just all over the place. So, uh, the Holy Spirit just, you know, just gave me this great peace. And the Lord's like, look to, look to me. So I just, I just paused with all my shenanigans. I'm like, you know what, I'm going to just chill, I'm going to relax. All right, Lord, help me get through this test. And I just trust him. I don't know what I was putting on that test. I was just writing. It's 15 questions. It took me two hours to do. So, and I was just writing down. Just writing, writing, writing. I get the test. 
I'm done with it. I turn it in. As I'm turning it in, I know my professor just sees my face like, like, okay, yeah, dude, you don't look too confident in this test. I'm walking out to my car. I'm getting ready to go home. And I'm, I'm just thinking. I'm like, did I not study? Because I know I studied. I went to the school many times. And I, I read this. I read that. Like, how could I not know nothing on the test? I didn't know nothing. I was like, what am I doing? So I'm just freaking out, not realizing that the Lord has gave, he helped me with the test. I was still stuck in my selfish ways, complaining, and doing all these things, you know. So fast forward to Thursday, we get the results. I was at work that morning. I'm like, man, Lord, thanks for the day. Thank you for the time. Thank you for allowing me to wake up and just have another day. So I'm at work. Um, my first issue, I'm dealing with a gate arm at, at the job. But the whole time I'm thinking about this test that I got to go look look up to. So I get to school. Fast forward through the day. I get, I get to school. He gives us back the test. And when he gave us the test, he said, he said, all right, a lot of y'all didn't do a good job on this test. Right, now, Tell me makes, something I don't know. You know. That make you feel okay. But he said, but two people. He said two people passed the test, and it was this girl named Haley. She passed every test. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said it was me. Woo! And he said, <clears throat> and I made an 87 on the test. Wow. wow. So I'm like, okay. He said, now we're gonna go over the test. So we went over the test, and I'm like, well, I guess. I did know something on the test. <laughs> and then I was like, no, I didn't know nothing on the test. And this one guy that sitting next to me, he's like, dude, how you passed the test? I said, dude, it was God, dude. I didn't know nothing on the test. I was freaking out. I've been freaking out the last three days about this test. I remember telling my girlfriend, I'm like, she asked, she's like, how was the test? I said, I don't know. I don't think I did good on it. I don't know. But I get in there, I made an 87. And I know God could have gave me 100. Everybody knows that, but he gave me an 87. So my grade is still an A. And I just say that to say, you know, I'm so used to going through the battle, and I know it's going to be a struggle. But God, you know, although he allowed you to go through things, and with me, my mind is always set, you know what, it's not going to be easy going through this walk. So I'm, I'm, I'm always looking to, okay, I know it's going to be rough. I know it's going to be hard. So I'm prepared to go through a battle. But this battle right here, that pop quiz, I was not prepared for. That's the last thing I saw coming. And it just hit me. And during that time, I had a choice. A choice to continue to, you know, not trust God and be selfish and, you know, cry about it, pout about it, or just to fully allow the Holy Spirit just to comfort me and get me through the test. And... You know, this don't happen a lot, but the Lord gave me the answer to the test. So, wow. And I say that to say the Lord, he's with me through the good times, the bad times, the times when I don't want to call upon him. He's with me. The Lord's with me throughout the week, throughout the days, the moments, the seconds, the hours. The Lord is with us. So if I had to say, you know, we just got to continue to press in and allow God to move through our life, even we don't understand, even if it's a pop quiz, 
Mm-hmm. You know, because it's just a quiz at the end of the day. But to me, during that moment, I felt like it was a hurricane. Like, why nobody told me? I didn't watch the news. So, <laughs> but that's how I felt, you know. But the Lord is like, it's just a test. And, yeah. You know, he gives us tests on a daily basis. Yeah. He's the test giver. He knows all the answers. I didn't know. Yeah. But I let the, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit just lead me. He gave me, gave me the answers. And then by him giving me the answers, when we went over the test, now I understood the answers. I'm wow. like, okay, yeah, I guess, I guess so. So I'm like, you know what? I got to continue to press in um, every moment, every second of my life here on earth just to keep my eyes focused on the Lord and continue to have trust, have patience. That's another one. That's that's my struggle is patience. So have patience and just allow the Lord just to move in my life the way that he want to move. So, yep, that's what all I right. Share. Well, thank you. And, and I think, uh, first of all, if you're a student, he's not saying don't study. Okay, yes, you, you need to study, all right? Don't just not study and go in and say, well, God, you got to give me the right answer here. But I, I think the uh, another thing that I thought of is sometimes – uh, as we read the Word of God, as we come on Sunday morning, we're being taught the Word of God, and the Word says that it will not return void without accomplishing what it was sent to do. And so even though we may not think we're getting something or we may not think we're really growing in our relationship, the Word of God and the presence of God is doing something in our lives that we may not be aware of. And so even though you felt ill-prepared, you obviously were getting something by being in the class and by the times that you did spend studying. And that's what the Word of God does. Even the little bit that we under, or we think we understand, God will take and magnify and amplify that. Even the little bit of faith that, that we may have, God can take that and magnify that. Amen. Well, your mom, thank you. Great testimony. All right. Keep studying hard. Here's your water. All right. Uh, next is Kelly Garban. Come on up, Kelly. <clears throat> John, you're next. All right. Hey, Kelly, how are you, man? Good. Good. Good, Good to see you. How long, how long have you guys been coming to Life Fellowship? We've been here for about two or three years. Okay. Like that. Um, All right. Yeah. And what areas do you serve in? We're in the greeting team. All right. Okay, wonderful. And uh, what would you like to share uh, with with your family today? First of all, I, I have no idea what I was going to say <clears throat> up until this morning. Um, I think uh, I'm talking to the mic. It's, it's kind of your story as well, but um, the importance of having your kids in in church, growing, bring them to a church family. Um, I I grew up in a church um, till I going to church every every Sunday for till I was a teenager started playing in some uh, soccer leagues that were played in the morning Sunday morning so because of that I got out of it um, uh, going to church um, for probably 30 35 years I was out of a church uh, Diana you were, you were a big kid in the kids <laughs> soccer team I bet <laughs> well, I, I bet were, you won <laughs> no these were men's leagues they were all, all around Houston so okay. uh, yeah I'd be better off if I'd have been <laughs> In the kids lose, but, okay. but um, you know, for 35 years I was out of the church. Um, yeah. Didn't really think too much about it. Didn't didn't bother me. Um, um, you know, I just went about my way. I wasn't a bad person. I did, you know, okay. I was, you know, wasn't a murderer or anything like nothing that. Nothing like that, right? <laughs> so, I hate to put uh, you on the spot. I'm no, glad. I'm glad that I'm glad that was wrong. But okay. um, 
Um, Diana and I got married, and we, for several years, we um, we didn't go to church either. But we we both had this feeling that we just needed to get into a church, and um, um, you know, just gnawing on us. And finally, we started going to a couple of the churches. Um, went to a, a much bigger church uh, for a few years, and. Um, uh, liked it, didn't like it, um, got out of it for a few, maybe six months. Um, then we, again, we just, you know, we, we knew we needed to be in a church, so we kind of looked around. We, uh, Diane had a friend that uh, went here, and she was asking us to come, so we, we, we came on a Wednesday, and uh, we've been here since. But uh, but I guess the, the, the point is that... Um, have your kids in church. I mean, it's always going to fall along. They that that upbringing that they get. It's uh-huh. it's God's. Yeah, He was looking after me the whole time. When I, that thirty five years when I wasn't in a church, um, He was always looking out for me. And yeah. you know, I didn't know it, and I, I do now. But uh-huh. um, but it really uh, really pays to have your kids in church and and to grow up in that that environment. It, it sticks with you. I mean, you always come back. Yeah, so. well, Proverbs twenty two six says, "Train up a child in the ways that's, of the Lord, and when they're old, they'll not depart from it." So that's what I wanted to say. I yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad you did because I don't. Yeah. I didn't know the verse, but yeah. um, but that's that's about it. Yeah. Well, wonderful, and and uh, Kelly and Diane are, are again they're great servants as as many of you are, and and their heart is to serve. So thank you so thank much, you. Kelly. Yep. All right, great job. <clears throat> All right, John Flowers. Good morning. So, John, how long have you? It's not going to stay up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll just hold it. Okay. Is that okay? That's fine. Another one of our young adults, right? All right. So, how long have you been coming to Life Fellowship? Um, I think it's been about four or five years. Okay. Time flies when you're having fun, right? And what uh, what areas do you serve in? Uh, spice of life, baby. Smoking oh, yeah. Up that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And John is another uh, person that, that is a giver and uh, not just of his time and talents, but also his treasure, too. And, and uh, just, again, helps uh, exemplify this wit, attitude, whatever it takes. Oh, also, you, you serve, uh, you do all of our marketing. And uh, so that's an important part. So sure. thank you for that. So what do, you, what do you want to share? You have a couple of minutes here. Okay, so um, I want you all to go back in your mind with me to when you were a child. And did you ever want something so bad that you actually went and asked your parents for it? And their response was, we'll see. (laughs) Right? And you know what we'll see means, right? Probably not. It's a very nice way to say no. At least that was my experience, right? And so uh, there was a time when my son came to me they had purchased a, a laptop he and his sister and uh, you know during one of the black friday sales and a couple of weeks later he said you know what i'd really like to have an auxiliary screen like a secondary screen he says dad would you get me one and you know what i said <laughs> and so i was i was hoping that that would kind of just go away and i think that he's been trained in, in that way to know what that means too but Anyway, uh, fast forward a couple of weeks, um, we were in church, and I know that the Lord orchestrated this because my clients never pay me in cash, but it seemed like every one of my clients that week paid me in cash, so I had cash to pay my tithe with. I usually pay online, but 
this time, you know, I was actually pulling out money and putting it into the envelope, and I was just about to stick it into the box, and Cohen and Jordan looked at me and said, what in the world are you doing, right? Because they know what money is, right? It's amazing how quickly a child will begin to learn what money is all about, right? And so I, we don't have time to go through the verse, but it's Deuteronomy 6, 20 through 25. The Bible actually tells you that one day your son is going to come to you and he's going to ask you, why do we follow these decrees? Why do we follow the Lord? Why do we do things like tithing? And I think that he put that there so that we could have the opportunity for a great teaching moment. Mm. And I had mine right over there mm. with my kids. Mm -hmm. And I was able to teach them what the, what the calling of the church is in this world to give to give to meet physical needs, to give to meet spiritual needs. And I could tell, especially with Cohen, that the Holy Spirit was working on him. I could just, I could just see it in his eyes. And so I, I was very happy about that. And, you know, when we were on the way home, uh, Cohen, he, he looks at me and he says, he says, Dan, I want to give. He says, I've got money. He says, I want to give and I want to be a part of that. And I said, well, all right. <laughs> We can, we can certainly make that happen, and I, and, I, and I encourage that. And so the way it worked out was that he was uh, spending the night with one of his school friends, and the plan was, you know, we would go and pick him up and then go straight on to church. And so we get there, and you know how that goes. I mean, I'm, if, if the other parents weren't around, I'd probably be jawing at him, telling him to hurry up and everything. But it, it took a little while, and we're running late. And we get into my truck, and we're leaving, and, he says, Dad, we got to go buy the house. And I said, we don't have time, <laughs> you know? He says, i got to go get my money so mm -hmm. I can give. Uh -huh. And so then I had a choice. Huh. Are we going to make it to church on time, or are, are, am I going to help him learn this thing? So we went back, and, and we got the money. We made it to church on time, too, and he had enough time. <laughs> he filled out his envelope, and he, he put his uh, gift into the box and I could just tell he was filled with joy mm. because of that. Yeah. And it made me feel so good in my heart. I can't even explain it. Um, but I, 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 you know, we went through the service and we were on our way home and, uh, I got a text from somebody that I haven't heard from for a long time. And you know what he said? He said, I've got a 27 inch HD huh. monitor, the same brand, that they needed or that they wanted. And I just looked at it and the whole time I'm praising the Lord, I'm saying, thank you, thank you for the opportunity to show, hmm. to teach my son and my daughter about you. Wow. And I said, here's, here's my phone, I want you to read this. And Cohen, he looks at it and his, his mouth drops a little bit and his eyes were about that big around. And I said, I said, Cohen, never forget this ever for the rest of your life because this is how the Lord operates. When you gave the gift, you gave it with your heart. You gave it because you wanted to help, but because you had the right attitude, because you were seeking the kingdom, look at what the Lord did, and this is how he works. And so Pastor Mark, he, he said, you know, he, he asked me to share something today. And I, there's so many things that I could share because the Lord has just been so good to us. But I wanted to share this today to say that it does not matter how old you are. 
It doesn't matter how young you are, how rich you are, or if you're in need. The Lord keeps his word. And whenever he was telling us about giving, he's thumping his chest. He's saying, try me in this. He's saying, test me in this thing. If you don't believe me, give it a shot. And that's what I'm saying to you today. If you don't believe the Lord in that, just give it a shot. Because I promise you, he will be true to his word. He has been for me, and he has been with my son and daughter. Amen. Thank you very Amen. Much. Thank you. Thank you, John. Wow. Barb, wow, what a, what a great testimony. Um, I don't know how I can follow that. I, I know. <laughs> You'll have to kind of speak. John, John tore up the mic here. <laughs> See if we can get that. That's okay. He's going to buy another one. <laughs> I, can, I can just hold it. Okay. All right. Barb, how long have you been uh, coming to church here? I've been here since the very first service. I, I know. As a few people out here have been with me. Yeah, yeah. And what areas do you serve in? I serve in the children's ministry. Okay. And I help with the accounting. Yes, you do that. Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, what would you like to share with your family today? Um, I'd like to share about about tithing and blessings. Now, I didn't, did I set you guys up for this? No. I, I said share whatever on your heart, right? Okay, yes, all right, just a yes. little note. All right. And uh, <clears throat> for me, a little bit about my life is I was raised in a Catholic church and Catholic school, and then when I was a teenager and my parents couldn't make me go to church anymore, I didn't. <laughs> and uh, then as an adult, people started inviting me to church, and so I had never heard about tithing. And the first time I heard it, like Salema mentioned, you know, the seed planted and blown away, uh, the seed was there, but it didn't take. The next time I heard it, I felt God nudge me and go, hey, you hear that? I'm like, yes. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I have four kids. And uh, so I said, okay, God. And I had just started a new company with two other people. And so I'm like, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. I've trusted him in a lot of other things. So uh, the, this was about uh, August or September. And the reason I know that is my company uh, gives a bonus every June based upon the profit that we make. So uh, when I started tithing, it was okay. Lo and behold, I had enough money to pay my bills and enough to give extra to help other people. And so I started thinking, oh my God, when bonus comes, how hard is it going to be you know, to tithe on the bonus? <laughs> I know that's terrible to think, but uh, I did. But when the bonus came, it was three or four times what it had been the year before. And I'm like, wow. It wasn't hard at all to tithe on that. <laughs> and so it's not just the blessings financially. I mean, my company has been so blessed. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've, had grow we've grown substantially over the last 24 years. And God has so blessed me financially that I can help not just the church with my tithe and offerings, but other people lots of other people and you know pastor mark always says that you know people have a million stories about their tithing and and you know how god has blessed them 
But once you live it, it's just amazing. I know that one day uh, God put it on my heart to give this lady I knew some money. And so I'm like, okay. So I called her and said, hey, can I come by? And she said, yes. And I got there and I gave her an envelope with money. And she says, oh, my gosh. She started crying. I have been praying. How am I going to be able to pay my bills? Wow. And what a blessing to me. You know, it's not just about the money. God gave me the money back or anything. It was, wow. I mean, just to see God working through me. It's just, it's just amazing. And, you know, and I have, you know, a hundred other stories like that. But, um, you know, it's just trusting and trusting God. And if you haven't started tithing, jump right in. Because, you know, like the Bible says, you know, I will bless you. You know, trust me. And the blessings don't always come financially, but he makes sure that you can pay your bills and you can do and take care of. And like Matthew shared, yes, we have to be good stewards of what's left. Uh We can't just waste it and say, God, you know, you're not helping me pay my bills. We have to be good stewards and we have to learn and we have to know, you know, to trust God. And, you know, I've been so blessed financially, but you know, there's other areas in my life that have been hard. And so it's not like, you know, it's not like a piece of cake, the whole, because I trusted Jesus and I tithe that everything's mm-hmm. wonderful. No, but God is always here with me to help me through every situation. Amen. Amen. And I think that's it. Wow. Well, wow. thank you. Thank you, Barb. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Uh, this, this relationship with Jesus uh, impacts every area of our life. And uh, I just, can we give everybody a hand that, that shared today? Thank you, guys. Because I know it's not easy to, to get up here and, and make yourself vulnerable like, uh, like they have done today. And I want to thank you. Uh, I want to just take a couple of minutes and uh, just ask everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with, with the Lord or maybe you did at one point in time, but you've walked away. If that's you, would you slip up your hand? Anybody here this morning? All right. I know we've gone a little long. Um, I, w- I wanted to, to go ahead and close out. Uh, you want to bring the chart up? Uh, um, I wanted to give you guys an update. You, you know, we've been, we're in this building uh, fund program where we're raising money to uh, purchase a building right there is fine. That's good. Thank you. And uh, I, I'm so excited about what you guys have given and this this message today. And today is not about, is not a tithing message or anything like that. But it really, uh, you know, they there was a guy that interviewed Pastor Robert Morris. Many of you guys know Pastor Robert or know of him from Gateway Church in Dallas. And he had this guy come up one day and, and tell him, uh, or he was interviewing him. He was from a large magazine. I don't know which magazine it was. But uh, he was asking Pastor Robert, he said, uh, how often do you teach on giving? And Pastor Robert said, I teach on giving every week. And the guy said, you teach on giving every single week? And he said, yeah. He said, I think what you meant to ask is how often do I teach on giving money? He said, I teach on that about every three years. 
But he said, I teach on giving every week because God loved the world so much that he gave. And this is what we're really talking about here. We're talking about giving the Lord our life, giving him everything. And it doesn't mean that we sit on the beach and drink Kool-Aid, or, but it means that we allow God to work through our life and do something amazing, miraculous, transforming us into the image of Christ. And he works through people like us that go and give an envelope to somebody that we are the hands and feet of Jesus, that God uses people like us to be the answer to someone's prayer. And it may not be money. It may just be some, giving somebody a hug. And I've shared the story with you guys before where I was going to church. I was, we sat, Christine and I sat on the front row. We're walking down the aisle to get to our seat on the front row. And the Lord said, stop and hug this woman. And I had stopped and I gave her a hug. And I, I proceeded to my seat. I didn't think any more about it. And sometime later, she told me, Mark, you don't know this. But I was just praying, God, I need a hug from you today. I'm struggling. And I stopped and I gave her a hug. That was an answer to her prayer. So don't, don't discount the small things that God does through our lives. Because as we talked about, when we're faithful in the small things, he'll give us more. And God is challenging us. God is giving us an opportunity to be faithful with the small things and in all things. And so we're in this building program. We're raising money. We're, we're hoping for one and a half million. So if you have a million and a half that God's impressing you to give, you can pay on PayPal. I don't know if they take a million and a half, but, you know, we'll... We'll work that out. But uh, if we do have to borrow any money, we're, we're targeting three hundred to uh, 500000 so that we'll have enough to, uh, to make the down payment and do all those kinds of things. But uh, last week, we were at $148,101. And uh, the offerings last week, just for the building fund. Now, I'm asking you to give above and beyond your tithe. I'm asking you to continue to tithe and to give above and beyond your tithe because we still have our regular bills to pay. But last week, we received from the building fund $9,240. Amen. So that puts us at $157,341. So we're somewhere right in there. Yes. So I just want to thank all of you for your faithfulness and, and giving of your tithes and your offerings and your uh, exorbitant, extravagant gifts toward the building fund because we know that we need to, to leave this facility and uh, we want to be able to purchase our own building. And this is something that we can all do together because it's going to require all of us. And even as I shared with you a couple of weeks ago, even if God gave us $15 million, I would still challenge us to give because it's a, it's a matter of the heart, like John was talking about. When we yield and we are reminded that God gives us everything and we can just, re, he's asking that we return the first of our increase, our first 10% to him, and he blesses abundantly. And then when we give extravagantly, extravagantly, God does more. I want to share one other thing. Uh, these are the, the amounts that have been given so far. 
We've had two people give $100. We've had one person give $250. We've had one person give $340. Another person give $400. Another three people have given $500. One person's given $650. Three people have given $1,000. Uh, one person has given $4,000. Two people have given $5,000. One, one, and when I say person, I mean family, okay. One family's given 7,000. Three families have given 10,000. And, and let me, let me uh, just digress here a little bit. There was this one family that gave 5,000, and last, last week they gave another 5,000, so they went from the 5,000 mark to the $10,000 mark. And so some of us are giving, and we're continuing to give, and God is going to honor that. And then we had one family that, that gave $100,000. Yeah. So I want to thank all of you for your, your faithfulness in giving and uh, your generosity and your extravagant giving. And I know that the Lord is going, going to bless you back. And we don't give to get. We give to reflect the heart of God and honor Him. And God honors us and God blesses back. So with that, let me pray for us. Lord God, I just thank you for this day. I pray, Father, that you would pour out your abundant blessings and favor upon us. I pray that the testimonies and your word that was shared this morning would go forth and, and uh, resonate within us through this day. Because I know each and every testimony that was shared had an impact in a different way in our lives. And Lord, I thank you for those that were willing to share. And Lord, we receive all that you have for us today. And we ask that you would help us to yield. Just give our hearts and lives to you. Fully trusting you. Fully obeying you. And with great expectation of what you're going to do through our lives. Because we are willing to be vessels that you work through. And that you demonstrate this love and this relationship through as we go out and live it. So we thank you for this. In Jesus' name. The altar prayer team will be up here. Also, please, please remember, 5 o'clock this evening, we're providing dinner. So come, even if you've been to the class. But if you want to know more about Life Fellowship, if you want to know more about the vision of what God's called us to do and, and how we're going to do it, please join us. Child care is provided. So uh, please come. And also, if you want a giving, uh, a giving envelope for the the building fund, Steve has some of those. There may be some in the, over there at the giving boxes. And I want to thank you again. You are such a wonderful, gracious, generous congregation. It is such a privilege and honor to get to shepherd you guys. And you are greatly loved and valued and appreciated. And so I know that when people come through these doors, they talk about the love that's shown here. And that's you guys demonstrating the love to other people. Because people are coming through these doors that really need to know that somebody loves them. And we can be the hands and feet of Jesus as we reach out in love. So I want to challenge you as always. Make a difference in the world. As you go out and live it, you're dismissed. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for tuning into our broadcast. For more information, be sure to find us at our website at www.lifefellowship.me. Or call us at 832-864-2800. Have a great week, and remember to live it. God bless you.